What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Geek Scott Game, the Geek versus All Video Gaming Podcast. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me, we've got a full house today, and we're really excited to talk about all the latest news in video gaming. As always, uh, my right-hand man, Mr. Jeff Pavlock. Jeff, how are you doing today? Good. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too, man. Uh, John Fick, the boogeyman himself. The boogeyman. I'll, I'll go with it. I'm going to keep <laughs> rolling with that one. How's it going, man? I, I need to make that stick. I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I've been called worse. And then, no, I, it's a compliment. <laughs> I like it. Uh, first time to the Geekiverse. We're thrilled to have him on. Rashawn Anderson. Rashawn, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm great, man. Thank you guys for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, when I yeah, when I introduced to uh, Rashawn to the, the the chat, I said Rashawn, the guy who beats video games before they come out somehow. It's insane. Every time a new <laughs> game comes out, this guy's posting on on Instagram or something. Oh, just got the platinum in Persona Five Royal. <laughs> came out four hours ago yeah. yeah that's how that's how we do it that's how we do it over here <laughs> i gotta say and just uh being in various gaming groups over the the last month with rashawn seeing what he posts about platinums is on it just it boggles my He's mind a machine like absolutely that's the best way to describe it man <laughs> i'll be honest it's i've always it's always been my thing to kind of do that for for games i care about i don't just do it for any game um but it's been crazy. I think it's because of the quarantine. I think that's the main. I, just so much free time. Just go back and play this game and see what can happen. And obviously, new games too. But just so much time, man. <laughs> so I'm time on your John. Ass. Do you think that's true? I think he platinums them anyway. I think he's a machine when it comes to <laughs> games in general. Dude crushes through new releases. But I'll buy the platinum thing. I I, I don't think he would be uh, done with Persona Five Royal and have already rolled credits on Final Fantasy Seven. No, if, if no, he was no, working no, no, forty no. hours. <laughs> It's kind no. of impressive. Yeah. No, uh, no <laughs> So as, uh, as we start every episode of Geek Scott Game, we want to talk about what's in your system. Now, a little caveat to this. We did record uh, last week a full review discussion on Animal Crossing New Horizons. So I'm sure that will come up during this discussion. But uh, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll kind of breeze past it. As If you're watching the video version, John's got it handy, ready to go. Oh, yeah, always. So, <laughs> Uh, you can watch that the, or listen to it at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse or anywhere that you download podcasts. So, uh, John, I'm going to start with you. Uh, if anything else, what's been in your system? Yeah, so yeah, Animal Crossing, of course, won't go. I mean, I've, I've definitely fallen off a little bit. Um, I've completed what I think they call the main story because you actually do roll credits, which I didn't expect once you finish the little uh, KK slider, uh, bring him to your town. Yeah, I yeah. I saw a tweet of that the other day, and I was like, "Wait, there's credits? Yeah, like, wait, there's." I didn't expect it, and it actually made me kind of sad. I'm like, "Wait a minute, I don't, I don't want to be done." Like, I realized that I just unlocked like one of the biggest features in the the terraforming, but like, it was a little, it was a little bittersweet. I wasn't expecting it. It was kind of sad. Um, the world cannot afford for Animal Crossing to be done. No, right now. I can't. I can't do it. So once I've done that, I kind of am just a little overwhelmed with how much I can do now that I can terraform. So I'm kind of just letting it sit there, and I'm just thinking of ideas to do with my island, and I'll get back to it when I get back to it. Um, still popping on to check like bell prices and stuff like that and you know or turn up prices for bells all that kind of stuff but um, other than that not the royal version but I'm finally diving back into Persona 5 so I have been I've had a, a lifelong vendetta with this game only because I love Persona so much 
And Persona 4 Golden on my Vita spoiled me so much that I just love playing that game handheld. If you're not familiar with Persona, it's it's a calendar-based game. So you, you each day you're doing something different. You have different tasks. And it's so bite-sized if you want it to be. You can literally just pick it up, finish a day real quick. It can take you two minutes to finish a day depending on how you spend it. And you can just lock it, set it down, go do something else. I love that about Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. And I just wanted that to happen with Persona 5. And I wanted to switch versions so bad. And I was really confident it was going to happen. But it's been too long. They've already released Persona 5 Royal, the, the, the re-release with the new content. So I gave up hope, and I, uh, I booted up my save for Persona 5, and I've been all in. I think I started my save was at like 9, 10 hours, and now I'm already in the 50s, just putting time in, putting time in. I told you. I, lo- I told you. <laughs> Dude, I told and, you. And, I knew, and it's not one of those games that I was putting off because like I wasn't ever in the mood for, and I, or I didn't think I was going to get into it. It was, all, it was always because of the Switch version. I just wanted a handheld if I could yeah. get it. I didn't want to like sour that experience. If I would have dumped $90 into that game, and two months later they announced the Switch version, I would have been so mad. So like I was sticking of to that course. gun. But you know, I've been having a lot of fun with it, so that's where I'm at. Jeff, well, you've been playing a little bit of Fire Emblem, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm legitimately going through Three Houses Withdrawal right now. I played the game for about two and a half months straight, doing my second and third story routes through there. I just beat my third one yesterday. One of the best maps uh, in any Fire Emblem game ever. The way that the Golden Deer route ends is just awesome um so <laughs> video and i'm like what what do i do now i spent almost three months playing this game straight um so i actually am finally playing fire emblem warriors oh, nice. which came out almost three years ago now i just never got around to it when it first came out on switch i popped that in there a couple days ago and i started it's fun i mean like it's it's a warriors game so it's hack and slash button mashing but there is quite a bit more strategy to it than a normal dynasty warrior style game you can kind of direct where your characters will go across the map if you want them to stay and defend a fort if you want them to go attack a certain um captain or enemy character you can switch between different characters there is a permadeath option too which is you know the infamy of fire emblem but you can toggle that on or off if you want it's fun and it's it's cool to see all the different fire emblem characters in there from across the series good stuff rashan you've you've been a busy man (laughs) <laughs> what have you been playing in the realm of gaming yes yeah, so there's three <laughs> um one i haven't talked about too much at all so i'll start with that i'll start with animal crossing um yes i have delved into the world of animal crossing for the first time the only issue is that there are two other juggernauts that have been released <laughs> in the midst of animal crossing or my animal crossing uh you know desire and wanting to play that uh, so the main two that I've been putting my time into, Persona 5 Royal uh, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I'll start with Persona 5 Royal. That game, yes, I did. It is true. I did Platinum it just a little over a week. Um, 135 hours. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's wild. Do the math. There's not much time for anything else. <laughs> no, no. That's like when I look at my Animal Crossing save. I'm like, wait a minute. If my boss sees this, will he realize that this shouldn't be possible? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Rashad, so, okay, you, you can you can now hide your uh, play stats on the Switch. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. There's, there was a new update where you can hide that from uh, you know public visibility. Good to know, Rashad. I want to jump in real quick on top of that. What uh, so like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. top level? So I'm playing I'm playing Persona Five. What are the big differences with Royal? Like, what's the? Give me just quick top level. Yeah, so you're gonna notice dependent on 
and forgive me, I beat Persona, the base Persona 5 about, you know, three years ago. Um, what you're, the main differences you're going to see is going to be certain calendar events. They've reserved those, like, certain time slots for whether it's other characters, uh, whether it be new or old, so you can do other things. Um, to my knowledge, there is a couple new places, because there was a couple places I was going to in terms of different areas in Tokyo. Um, that you can go to that I was like, I don't remember this from from the first uh, from the base Persona 5. I'm sure there's a couple that I just normally forgot, but there definitely is a few that I'm like, oh, that wasn't in the base game. Um, a bunch of new activities that you can do to help you with uh, baton passing and or anything palace infiltration. There's a whole lot more let's just say RPG elements added to it to where it's not just go into a palace, do puzzles, fight leave you know there's a lot more added to it so where like you can deeper level up deeper combat stuff. stuff yeah i would say so i would say so yeah it's definitely fair to say it's deeper combat so if you like the combat the way it is now whenever you do transition to royal it's going to be a little bit more intuitive the base combat is still there okay. but there's going to be some other mechanics that are going to be added to it based on what you do outside of the palaces with the new features added in royal okay and of course Everyone knows that there's a new character involved. There's going to be a couple new characters, actually. Um, a whole new storyline, a whole extra palace that's going to be um, involved in there as well. There is a lot of content. Um, my first Persona 5 playthrough, I want to say it was 106 hours. So Was that a platinum or is know, that just a playthrough? That, that was just a playthrough. Okay. That was at, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing too much. But still, at the end of the day, you still have to do stuff on each day so you're still doing things so i got about an additional you know 25 30 hours Hmm. out of out of the content and it was advertised as it was advertised as an extra about 20 to 25 hours so probably took a little bit longer for me but yeah persona 5 royal is legit um and real quick i was talking about final fantasy 7 um amazing it's everything that that's been hyped up until this point is 100 legit um, very rarely do I get hyped for a game like that and it surpasses expectations. This this surpassed expectations. Nice. We're talking uncharted level set pieces from a Final Fantasy game. We're talking some of the deepest level combat um that you can get from an any RPG in, in the modern era. Um and from a lot of people's perspective, Final Fantasy VII, the original game was already perfect. I feel like in every single way, story, character development, combat, uh, whatever category you want to separate it into, um, it has improved from the original. That's awesome. Yeah. That's saying a lot, honestly. Um, and to have all yes. that influence, whether it's the, the combat or the Uncharted set pieces, you know, that piques my interest. 100%. That, yep. It's saying a lot. How do you feel um, they did with expanding only a portion of the game so far yeah so i was talking to a few but a couple buddies of mine about this so you take um and this is not spoiler territory this was you know this is advertised um it's up until the characters um while, while they're in midgar so that from what i remember was about six to eight hours of of gameplay uh the first six to eight hours depending on how fast or how slow you do it of the original uh, main story of this, if you just do the story, can take you 28 to 30 hours. If you do the story with side missions, you're looking at about 35 to 40. 
I finished at 45 hours, I think. I generally take a little more time in games like this, uh, you know, bask in the in the environments and whatnot. But but if you just play the base story, you're basically getting an additional, you know, 18 to 20 hours just on that stuff that's added. A lot of the major set because it is a remake, a lot of the major set pieces are still the same in terms of story elements, but there's so much more detail, so much more new stuff added, so much more backstory to go on to with a bunch of your favorite characters. It, it's it's a lot. It's, it's amazing. I, I honestly cannot... And what they're setting up for the future, you know, if there's a part two or potentially even part three, depending on where they decide to go, it could be bigger than scope-wise anything that any of us ever even imagined that's saying a lot too it sounds a little daunting but from what just about everyone that i've seen playing it has talked about it they're in the same light as you for the really for the most part they're really enjoying it like they found a way to differentiate itself from the original which many consider the best game of all time and have made this a quality quality release so that's kind of exciting yep um, so for myself, I, I've been playing uh, Doom Eternal, aside from Animal Crossing. I se- can't seem to get away from it. Uh, Doom, I'm having a little bit of a tough time getting into a rhythm with, probably because of Animal Crossing. But it is a hard game to pick up if you have not played in even just a few days. I'm probably about halfway through the game. Not a terribly long campaign, but still a uh, little bit of a grind. And I got to say, some of these sections are just awesome. Like y- that music kicks into gear and you are ready for just basically a throwdown. Um, What's weird that I've noticed, and maybe this happened with the original doom from 2016 is that the game has seemed to have gotten easier as you go on. And it's not that the enemies uh, get any easier because they don't. It's that you get into a little bit of a groove, you get better weapons, you get a a lot of nice upgrades as the game goes on. That's a, an interesting reversal where most games obviously will get more challenging as time goes on. But that's uh, that's been something I've enjoyed so far. I really need to just honker down and focus on it and, and get through it. Um, for what I'm playing, I am enjoying it. I just, uh, like I said, probably passed about the halfway point in it. And man, so I just, there's a new demon called the Marauder I got introduced to. And he basically has all of your powers. So he can dodge just as well as you. He can all he can kill you in basically two hits it's it's really really frustrating now it's not at all to the level of what you'd see in like a Soulsborne game in terms of difficulty but for me who those games i just know that i like i cannot conquer this has been this is as hard as it'll get for me uh but it was it was worth the wait seeing that it was delayed in in november and, and we got to it now um uh, so uh, nice collection of games there. Nice, uh, nice all over the place. Yeah, not a bad uh, twenty twenty so far. This has been good. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, we're doing our uh, uh, our fantasy critic uh, games thing, and there's been like four games in the nineties already, which is kind of insane. It really is. So. And yeah, we're just in early April. Yeah, or mid April. Right. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. I'm wondering if any of my games will release this year. <laughs> Man, you have games that aren't even announced yet, my friend. <laughs> It was a bold strategy, Cotton. It was. Anything's on the table at this point for pushbacks and delays. (laughs) It's going to be a mess. My, uh, my, what I thought would be my guarantee was cyberpunk and no news of a delay yet. We've still got some time, but, um, that's it. And then the rest of them are definitely crapshoots. Did you have Doom Eternal? 
Was that- did you have Doom Eternal as well? No, oh, I no. thought I did. I totally thought I did. For some reason, and I thought I went you did and too. And I was like, "What?" Oh no! Yeah, someone else had it. Yikes! Big miss uh, on my part. <sighs> Next year, we'll I'll get to the games that I want earlier in the draft. Just I got to strategize better. Throw this out there. I have three games that came out. And they're all in the '90s. So you know, just saying, just saying. Okay, okay, John, mute yourself. Damn it! I'll rest. <laughs> I'll 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 rest easy on my Final Fantasy VII pick. That was my first round, first pick, and I'm good. I mean, my second and yeah, third scored pretty- higher, so. <laughs> all right we can move on i uh i wanted ori as well but i missed on that one so uh we'll talk about just kind of uh, honoring the past year uh, typically on geeks got game if you listen to the show we go back 10 and 20 years uh, to this respective month to just look at past releases and reminisce a little bit uh we're so in this case we're going to go back to april 1999 and april 2009 uh looking at the list here i, I sent you guys the link in the discord nothing that totally pops off the screen at me uh, just looking at april 1999 first uh just had it pulled up pokemon stadium 2 for n64 pavlak maybe you can speak a little bit more to that that was pokemon stadium in okay. north america so that like that was the very first pokemon stadium that the west got um wait is that true we, I, I think we yeah, it, Pokemon Stadium Two in Japan was just Pokemon Stadium. Oh, internationally, I guess the um, I guess the year being uh, that yeah that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, uh, I mean that was a, all the Pokemon games were delayed back in the day. Yeah, uh, like they had uh, blue, green, and red. I think like two or three years before yep. international territories did. I didn't realize there was a number um, change. Though. I didn't realize two was one here. Yeah, there, there was eventually and, a two in the U.S. as well, wasn't there? Yes. Okay. Yes, there was. Um, you saw that with a lot of Japanese releases, like Final Fantasy VI was Final Fantasy III on Super Nintendo. Um, four, five, four and five were the same. Final Fantasy and then Final Fantasy um, two. You know, games didn't get released as quickly, and they didn't get released simultaneous, you know, simultaneous regions at the time. Yeah, I think we've talked about Pokemon Stadium on the show in the past. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not the kind of game that would really exist now because back in the day, the spectacle of it was being able to have Pokemon battles on the big screen in 3d as well. Yeah. Right. Um, Although I don't, I think Pokemon snap came out before it. So I don't think it was the very, yeah. So it wasn't the very first Pokemon 3d game, but it was the first battles. It it was the novelty of, yeah. Cause we're all used to playing those RPGs and seeing those battles. It's just little sprites. Like, you know kind of just like they look today just uh Mm -hmm. jolting at each other without actual animations um yeah yeah, so that was cool i think the coolest thing about pokemon stadium for me was being able to play my game boy uh version of pokemon on the big screen it had that little adapter that too yeah yep that was cool anything else in in 1999 before we move on here probably not not really (laughs) uh 2009 i really don't have much to to look at either uh definitely hannah montana the movie not so there's a braid on april 10th for windows but i want to say it was out already it um, was on 360 yeah i think it came out the year before i think so i'm looking at the list again same for me that's a that's an easy month anything in 2009 before we move on to the news chronicles of riddick was pretty good that was a like expanded remake slash sequel of um butcher bay which was i mean at the time one of the best like licensed games ever like you like that was back in the day when a game that was based on an established property whether it be movie or television show was bound to be terrible 
Um, but the, the the Chronicles of Riddick's games were actually really, really good first person adventures. And, and they Vin were D- frequent too. Yeah, right? and, and Vin Diesel, who is a huge gamer, um, was very involved with them. I mean, in addition to voicing Riddick, he was also involved in some of the production of the game, just giving his input and whatnot, which is awesome. That is pretty awesome. I always appreciate that, even if the game's not necessarily great. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, so- it was. Moving on to the news, uh, we've got a lot of really good topics to get to. We'll get to 10 of them. We'll, we'll do our best uh, to kind of uh, stay on pace here. But uh, number one, we've got to start with uh, the big one here, the PS5. So we, we get an image of the controller and some good information on it. Uh, first of all, it's called the DualSense. DualSense. I think. Yep. Yep. Rashawn, if you and, point to your right, there's a picture of it on the screen. If you just do like a, a little right point, you can point the viewers at it. Right. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> like an actual literal point you're saying? Literally point <laughs> to the right of your screen. I have it on the template. Oh. Just, Rashawn, no. I'm not even kidding. I have it. All right, whatever. Rashawn's going to see this. He, he's going to see this video back with a, with a dual sense literally right next to his face. And he's going to be like, oh, I get it. It's like, <laughs> hey, man, rookie, rookie mistake. It happens. <laughs> Rookie mistake. I can't believe Sean would hate somebody like that. It wasn't even hazing. I wanted his cooperation. <laughs> he had to get one. He had to get one in. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, before I get first reactions here, uh, a statement from the official U.S. PlayStation blog from Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. DualSense marks a radical departure from our previous controller offerings and captures just how strongly we feel about making a generational leap with PS5. The new controller, along with many innovative features in PS5, will be transformative for games, continuing our mission at PlayStation to push the boundaries of play now and in the future. To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us as we head towards PS5's launch in holiday 2020. We look forward to sharing more information about PS5, including the console design, in the coming months. So, I'm going to start, of course, uh, here again with John. First reactions to everything. Uh, yeah. the, the look, some of the features, and we can get into some of that in a moment. But first so, reaction. First reaction to the look, we're like, okay, that's cool. That's different. Uh, I don't hate it. I, I'm not going to have any real judgment until I hold it. That's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't really care what it looks like. I'm going to be playing with this thing for, for hundreds of hours, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. To speak on the design, it's interesting. The two-tone, I maybe would have gone reverse and used more black than white, but we don't know what the console looks like. So I could be, you know, I could be way, way off base there. It could be perfect for the console. Um, I didn't start to roll my eyes until I read what you just read. And none of those features are transformative, and none of none of none of what I see here represents their commitment to a generational leap in, in console. I don't, I don't. I'm like, I'm usually pretty, uh, pretty immune to PR talk getting to me, but that for some reason just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, guys, it's just a controller. You added some new vibrati features. It goes, it goes room room a little different. Like it's not, you didn't do much here. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm. I, that's all I've really got. The, the the haptic triggers on the Xbox One. We've had them for years. They're awesome. They are cool when it comes to bow and arrows. That's very cool. Uh, we have haptic feedback in this guy, the Switch. HD Rumble is really, really cool. I mean, game like Animal Crossing, I, I know which fish I'm going to get based on the feeling, stuff like that. It's going to make games feel better, look better. Is it a generational leap? Oh, God, I don't think so. So, John, I don't know if you know, but Don Metric actually wrote that up for him. Sounds like it. <laughs> Don Metric. So, uh, Jeff... 
thoughts overall to, to what we've seen and heard so far on the dual sense? Well, I think the color scheme is very interesting because in all generations, PlayStation has always had a very subdued color scheme. You know, you began with that Timberwolf gray and then from there on out, it was always black. That was the primary color going to white and this like kind of cobalt or cerulean blue is a big departure. And I, I feel like, you know, we've talked about this several times in the past on other shows. Um, color scheme is so important in games nowadays because you're seeing a lot more vibrance um, in your art directions that kind of like gritty and dark uh, color scheme from realism uh in past generations is really it's not as common as it used to be you see a lot of these far out um color schemes and art directions a lot more style a lot more um or a lot less photorealism in our games nowadays and now with your console that's you know the very first impression you're going to see is a much more vibrant much more colorful kind of look to this playstation it seems like and it's it We'll see what the actual console looks like, but I think it, it's it's a nice change of pace just for the controller at the moment. I want to speak to something uh, Jeff said real quick. So the I feel like you're right. Uh, PlayStation has kind of always come out and been a very very statement, very black, very monotone. But I feel like they've always tr- like dipped their foot. So if you think about the PS4 controller, they really focus on that light bar. And blue was a really big accent color. They're really trying to push blue with the PS4, even though it wasn't the main color. The box was blue. They they made that that light on the original non-slim PS4 pretty pretty bright. So like they they've wanted to do something like this for a while. And if you even look back to the PS3, the when the PS3 was originally uh, debuted with that boom, uh, boomerang controller, it was a silver console. It wasn't black. The the only oh uh, yeah no you're right. The only boomerang controller we ever saw was a silver PS PS3 controller. So they've like. They've gotten there before, and in the PS3 era, they kind of pulled it back before release, even with the design of that crazy boomerang controller, and then the color reverted to black before launch, and then PS4, they kind of went a little bit in with the blue, and I feel like they're finally just like, all right, let's try something. So I, I'm i very interested to see what the console looks like, both in shape, and I imagine it's got to match this color scheme or close to it. Um from my standpoint, the Xbox One controller is my favorite controller ever. I think it's just just about perfectly made, at least for my taste. That's that's where it feels to me. I really like the DualShock 4. I think that was also very good. It's funny how um, once Xbox came around, particularly the 360, like that is when I totally looked at PlayStation controllers and was like, oh gosh, I'm not sure I'm a total fan of these anymore. What, uh, what you doing there? Just uh, looking at my DualShock 4, thinking a little bit. Got the Spider-Man one. <laughs> I think thinking a little bit. DualShock. I think DualShock 4 came a long way. I think uh, it, it really, it really kind of sold me. Maybe it's how many hours I put in my PS4 this generation versus Xbox, but I feel like they've never been closer. Um, I do tend, like, tend to, you know, drift towards the Xbox side as well. I think it's a little bit more comfortable, and for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I like the offset sticks. It feels a little more natural to me than having both of my thumbs in. Um, but DualShock yeah. 4 really, really tightened the, the window. I feel like it's just, it's, it's a hair. Xbox has uh, got the lead by. It's, it's, it's easily the best controller Sony ever put out. I'll say this, from the, without having held this uh, DualSense, it looks good to me. I feel like it's almost a blend between the DualShock 4 and the Xbox One controller. Of course, again, we'll see once we actually get our hands on it. Uh, but it you know, if I think back 5, 10, 15 years, that looks like a pretty futuristic controller. Yeah. Um, Rashawn, so it is a PlayStation guy. What are your thoughts on this? So 
the first thing I thought of when I saw the white design uh, is that you can't really don't eat junk food with your PlayStation anymore. <laughs> See, that's not that, that's not really true though, because I have an Xbox One S controller, and I don't necessarily go out of my way to take care of it, and I can't find a single blemish on that thing. I think that's kind of overplayed. Okay. Like white is dirty. I don't. Yeah, I don't buy that. Fair, fair, okay, fair, just fair completely. That's what the material is. Completely kill the joke on him. That's nice. I don't think. It, I mean, no, it's it's a legit. Like, hazed him. It and is. Now you're just completely dumping on his. No, joke. it is legit. Like one of the first things people bring up when they say, "Oh, it's white now. It's gonna get dirty." Like check YouTube comments and Twitter. Like people legit think that. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's one of those things we'll have to see. We'll we'll have to see with time. Um, but fe- I mean, fe- like based on the looks. At first, I was like, oh, I don't know, because it's different, you know, and as humans, we we tend to look at different and be like, oh, I don't know. But from looking at it, I think I'm going to like it. I think that they're prioritizing comfort this time around. Um, I think that's why it's going to be a little bit of a thicker design this time around, just in terms of the look. Um, Some people have drawn the comparison, well, a lot of people have drawn the comparison for what I've seen to the Xbox controller, Sony trying to get into that kind of mold for their controller so i do i do like that because i think xbox does have the upper hand in terms of controller build and just quality and function overall and just i mean the little features like john john you nailed it like it's not anything revolutionary like this nothing in here isn't anything we haven't seen before except the only thing that really sticks out to me is like the built-in mic i was gonna mention Um, that yeah true that that is the one thing that I'm like okay like you're you're giving players more options there which is cool I'm sure a lot of gamers are gonna default to of course their their Astros or or whatnot yeah, the, um, or the, Turtle Beach the one thing for me that I'm like uh, I can think of a use case is when somebody hops into my party unexpected I can have time to tell them hold on I don't have my headset in rather than like me not having right, a headset in right. and listen to them be like right. hey 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 for like 15 right. seconds before I go find it right. that'll be a good use That's- case. <laughs> That's definitely a quality, uh, quality of life improvement for sure. The only other thing uh, that we haven't hit on that I don't, again, it's not a big deal, but just a di- uh, different sense of uh, terminology here is share button is now create button. I'm just interested to, to see what the difference is with that only because the share button was literally that. It was a share button. It was to share your experiences on social media if you're choosing. Uh, when it comes to this create, are they going to be giving us like editing tools? Like, I mean, because they have that on the on the PlayStation already. But I just want to see what 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 is that going to bring that's different. If if anything, it probably won't bring anything different. But yeah, other than that, that's all for me. Oh, and USB C, of course, that's nice seeing that. For sure, always always a fan yeah. of that one cable to rule them all. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Those are that- the things that stick out for me. That's, I'm happy you guys brought that up. Those are really the two things I wanted to mention as well. So I like the mic. It's just one little extra thing. Might as well have it there, right? Like John said, you you can throw a quick message if you're, you, know, you need to. It's just a nice little accessibility option. Um, the So I thought it was interesting that they noted that the share button is not there, but they're rebranding it as create. And Rashawn, I'm with you. Like, I wonder what that really means in terms of difference. Like I, I can't imagine there's anything that's extensive there that you can do that you can't already do. Like it's basically you can trim up your clip. You can do a few things here and there. What else are you really going to want to do yeah. on your, your console? My guess is right. the button's not going to be functionally different, but they're really going to double down on whatever this create feature is. So I bet you that it's going to, it's going to take you to the same type of menu where you can either go live stream wise, capture a picture, capture a video. But I think they're going to, with the, the PlayStation OS, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more options when it comes to creation, especially streaming. One of these consoles, if not both has a double down on like integrated streaming software. 
they both do it, but they're both horrible. Like, no, if you're if you're streaming from your from your your home console, anyone who's scrolling through Twitter or Twitch can see that, and they're probably not going to watch it because they'll find somebody who looks a little bit better than than that. So I'm wondering if yep. if they're going to double down on those features and they're just going to go like, here's our create suite. So now they have the create button, and that's just the shortcut to get there. Yeah, I um with all of this, it seems like they they are trying to talk about revolutionizing and bringing things to a new level and that's fine but usually my mindset is if it isn't broke you don't fix it so i'm fine with these minor changes whether it's the control design or uh even the the create button instead of the share button if you will like you know we don't need a huge departure from what the ps4 was for this to be a successful system same Agreed. with xbox series x yeah i have one one last thing Did anybody else other than me surprised you they catch they kept the touchpad i didn't i didn't really expect to see that stick around if only be, I didn't even really think about it. If only for backwards compatibility was the only reason I thought like okay maybe it's got to stay there, but man, it was kind of just a, a waste of space on my DualShock Four. Like it yeah. looks cool when the light bar is there, but that's about it. Like I've not used it for there. anything. Well, it's yeah, not it's part of the light bar. There. The light bar is different. Well, oh, what I'm saying it, it bleeds is, through. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, mm. but I don't need that. It's a, uh, it's a that's a lot of controller. It's taken up for something that I don't think I've swiped since I had to like do one of the gimmicky demos that came out when ps4 first came out (laughs) yeah i I think we talked about it a few episodes ago you're like when's the last time you used it and i said whatever first party game made me (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) like you know that's it cool in concept but i don't i don't need that um item number two on the list this was a big one and this sparked a nice debate in um kind of a local uh, gaming group that we've got on facebook in western new york and it's that resident evil 4 remake is in the works not really a super surprise, uh, but it's going to be led by the team that made Resident Evil 3 Remake with support from Capcom slated for 2022. That being said, uh, the with the success of Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 Remake, um, I can't find this surprising. Now, what the debate was uh, in kind of this this Facebook group that we've been in has been why remake a game like that? Like it, it's considered great. It still holds up. Um, I've got a few lines of thought on it. Maybe I'll circle around, but let's react to the news. And if we like it or if it's just meh or we don't like it, John, first thoughts on seeing that resident evil four remake is a thing. <clears throat> I've got almost nothing for you. Not a big, uh, RE fan. Want to play RE two. heard the remakes. Great. Haven't really dive into that franchise much. Two and three both did great. Why wouldn't they do four? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Uh, Pavlak, you had some some comments on this. Uh, why don't you summarize your thoughts on it? I was conflicted at first, and the more I've thought about it, the more I don't like it. Um, I consider Resident Evil 4 to be one of the greatest games of all time, full stop, and I just don't see the point of a remake. Um, I understand a remaster because you can make the game look prettier. I mean, the game is now 15 or 16 years old. You can always clean up those textures and those colors a little bit. Um, You can improve the story because the writing in Resident Evil 4 was corny as all hell. Uh, Maybe remove some of the more obnoxious quick time events, but I I don't see how you can improve the game design uh, dramatically in the way that Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 did in my opinion you know those games are a completely different experience from those original titles um, getting rid of the tank controls getting rid of the pre-rendered backgrounds the um, static camera angles the more rigid survival horror elements and item conservation I 
I don't think Resident Evil 4 needs any kind of touching up. And aside from that, I'm also surprised why they're not remaking some of the other Resident Evil games. I would say, why not touch up Code Veronica or Resident Evil Zero first? Both of those games deserve another chance to shine and uh, to get the improvements that Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 got. So like I said, I was conflicted at first, and just the more I've thought about it, if it is a true reimagining I don't like it. I'd rather just see a remaster that cleans it up and, you know, fine tunes some of the very, very few flaws that the original game had. But don't you think it probably will be that? I mean, like, if if, if the whole I... if the whole world knows that RE4 is one of the best games of all time, don't you think they know that too? Like, do you think they're really going to touch that much? They're, I mean, they have a pretty good track record with 2 and 3. Of course, they put more work into those because they're older games and they had a lot of dated systems, but, like, they haven't earned your trust at this point? Like, you don't think they'll... If it, you know, if the rumors are true that this is coming out in 2022, that's an awful lot of time to be working on just a remaster. I mean, even if I mean, the, just, even if they use a new engine, doesn't mean they can't replicate the feel. Like it's going to look a, a hell of a lot better, but it might still feel the same. I mean, that's kind of where I th- again, I, I'm removed from this, but I understand why people might not want them to completely remake the game. But I, I at this point, I trust that they'll be able to remake the game, but still make the same game. I don't know. I just don't see the point. And I think there's far better opportunity out there to remake Code Veronica or Resident Evil Zero. That's fair. I can understand wanting the effort put somewhere else. As someone who hasn't really played much Resident Evil at all, um, and I didn't, you know, I, I, I grew up with the games, but I didn't play them. Like they were coming out as I was, you know, in my PlayStation 1, PS2 years, so on and so forth. Um, I, I'm thrilled by it because I feel like it's an opportunity that I missed and I can go ahead and play it. And I bet you there's a lot of people in the same boat as me. So I guess my only thought is, as a is someone who did love the game originally, like, what does it matter almost? Like, they're going to make the game again, and whether they make it true to the original or not, like, I don't know. I'm going to experience some some form of Resident Evil 4 now. Um, Pavlik, you also mentioned why not do one of the other Resident Evil projects or work on another remaster. My opinion is it all comes down to money. And I think saying you're doing a Resident Evil 4 remaster, whether whether it ends up being great or not, is still far more lucrative than saying you were doing one of the other titles. No, and that I understand that. It, there seems there, you know, just on paper, it looks like there's more cohesion going from two, three, four instead of two, three, code Veronica, two, three, zero. I, I get that. I'm uh I, I played Resident Evil 2 Remake just a few months ago, and I fell in love. Like, I cannot wait to, to go pick up Resident Evil 3 and and play through it. Like, I, I really became a fan as a result of those, and I, I was just like, hey, give me more of it in this day and age. So, Rashawn, are, have you been a Resident Evil guy throughout the years? Yeah, so quick backstory on my Resident Evil. I, I've grown up with Resident Evil. Um, I can definitely say that's one of my favorite franchises of all time. If you go down the list, um, that gets, that gets two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, Res- RE4 specifically um, was my first resident evil game that I got to play like by myself before it was always one, two and three watching my mom play way back in the day. Um, this is going, this is, this is taking me to like four or five years old. There was no way I was playing resident evil at that age. So a couple of years later, she was like, all right, you know, handcuffs off. You could play. Um, so that was, that was always one of her favorite franchises that, you know, of course, you know, family, family line got passed down to me. So on, on game. So forward does mean a lot to me. And I was around uh, Jeff's line of thinking at first where I was very conflicted and I'm like, 
And I'm still kind of here too, where I don't really see the point, but then I do take a step back. And then if you analyze the work that Capcom has been doing with these remakes, and if you just look at remakes in general, what, what they've been generating around the gaming community, um, specifically one right now, Final Fantasy VII. Um, I know it's two different companies, Square versus Capcom, but they haven't let me down. I, I, I'm a big guy, whether it's sports, whether it's movie making, whatever the case may be, I'm big on track record. Um, and I do consider RE4 one of the greatest games of all time, without a doubt. Um, the big thing for me is track record, though. If with RE2, like for some people, like I know that I know it was a remake, but for a lot of people, that was a lot of people's game of the year uh, last year. RE3 is another solid entry in that. I haven't gotten around to playing it yet, but that's another solid entry from what it seems like. So. Another thing with remakes that that gets me too is I'm not a big fan of remakes as a, a game developer if it compromises what you can do with your story moving forward. So I'm not a big advocate of you doing a remake of Resident Evil 4 when it's already perfect for a lot of people, you know, near perfect, if it compromises your assets and ability to make Resident Evil 8. Based on what I've read and what I've seen, Again, it's going to be different. Apparently, RE8 is supposed to come out uh, next year, according to some some rumors. You know, of course, amidst this crisis, who knows what's going to happen now. But if you can remake Resident Evil 4 and still make Resident Evil 8, I mean, at that point, I'm, I'm game. I'm willing to give you a shot. And the uh, more basic level thinking is if this remake does suck, which I have no there's no reason to believe that it will. Um, you still do have Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4, uh, the original version, got the Skyrim treatment. It's on your fridge. It's on your. Uh, it's on your Wii. <laughs> it's it's on your. It's on your smartphone. It's, it's everywhere. Is it on so Switch? It's, it, uh, is it? It might. I don't, I don't think it, so. I, I thought it was. I could fact I check. It is. Yeah, yeah, definitely look that up because I, I think it is. I think it is. Definitely um, fact checking and not playing Animal Crossing. so i'm definitely i'm definitely conflicted but i think at this point i'm leaning more towards why not again i've out of all these major remakes from resident evil again i know it's from a different uh company but uh final fantasy i haven't played a remake yet in the last couple years it's like god like this is terrible i've only played good ones it is on switch so you're correct about that i'll buy it it's it's literally on every system (laughs) (laughs) The, the um I feel like the irony behind this would be, you know, after two and three, oh, God, there like is. I said, one of my favorite games are the, the, the great irony would be after two and three going from that old school survivor uh, horror into the over the shoulder, little bit more action oriented Resident Evil four style would be if you took Resident Evil four and they made this remake with static camera angles, the tank controls, all of the, the rigid uh, item conservation. Interesting. <laughs> That's not yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, don't That's, hold your breath. But <laughs> I'm joking. That'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So but yeah, I'm, I'm basically if, if they if they give me a reason to doubt them or give me a reason if they crank something out and that and then it's not good, like then my level of thinking I think will change on that. But until I'm given a reason to believe that a remake uh, from one of these major studios of these classic games can't be good, I'll I'll, I'll ride on the train. I think those are pretty good points, Rashawn. I'm, I'm in the same boat there too. Just from everything I, I've seen with Resident Evil Three and, and played with Two, just I've, I'm totally hooked, and they've given me a lot of faith moving into that. Uh, last point on this, Jeff. You kind of mentioned you're surprised that it would take this long, uh, going into 2022 to maybe remake the game. I do think there are a few factors in that. 
it could have been that this was just decided after seeing how how great Resident Evil 3 did in addition to Resident Evil 2. Um, obviously, with COVID-19 going around, who knows what kind of time frame we're on. And then if you look past that, we are, you know, 2022 would put it into Xbox Series X and PS5 territory firmly. So who knows? Maybe there's a bunch of factors there that, um, you know, that's why we're getting that time frame. But we'll wait until we see kind of an official uh, announcement or story on that. Moving on to number three here. I know at first John didn't have a lot to say about Resident Evil, but he will have a lot to say about this one. So uh, (laughs) The Last of Us, uh, we're not going to do a Last of Us movie anymore. We're going to do a TV series that's going to HBO. That sounds like a marriage made in heaven to me. Uh, I'm not even going to say anything else. Uh, John, just take it away. Yeah, so (laughs) I mean, you you summarized everyone's thoughts, I think. So The Last of Us, we've known Sony's been dabbling in this. All right, we we own a movie studio. We're super successful with games. We have some of the best exclusive IPs. Let's make these movies, man. Let's pump them out. Let's get the Uncharted movie. Let's 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 pump through 13 directors on that. Let's 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 get it going. Oh, we'll do we'll do The Last of Us as well. They haven't really worked out. Um, Have we had a Sony game translate to a movie yet? since this initiative has that even happened yet have we landed one no i don't think so right question yeah i don't think it's happened exclusive ip i don't believe yeah they put out they well they they they've released like this uh like um sony games uh movie studio like they're like they have like the specific division dedicated to translating these video games to movies now that was that was like announced in 2018 or 19 so they've they've put this initiative out there and we've seen nothing from it yet um we've known the last of us has been in the pipeline and i think people uh fans of the game have been pretty you know so so on that news we we i think a lot of us gamers realize that we put 10 20 50 150 hours into these games and we we don't trust that we can translate these experiences into a, a two and a half hour maybe three hour experience um the last of us was definitely that uh, shared that concern for me i mean how are you going to take something where the, the, the storytelling is, is so environmental you're walking around you're spending so much time you're living in these shoes you're you're living in these worlds and that's how that's how you you, you you know, consume this story and you're going to try to tell me a narrative, you know, two and a half hour movie. It's just not going to work. Um, so then we get this news there, Sony, uh, teaming up with HBO. I forget his name, but it's the director who did Chernobyl, which was like my Craig Mason. Craig Mason. So, I mean, like one of, one of the best miniseries of all time. I mean, like Chernobyl is absolutely incredible if you haven't seen it and the, and not to bury the lead, but Neil Druckmann's going to be on working with him to, to write the script direct. I'm sure we don't have the full details on what titles are, are being given. So, I mean like HBO, Neil Druckmann, Craig Mason, you've, you've just, you've just given me the dream team when it comes to adapting the last of us into a series. I'm so in, I'm so excited. Like I'm almost as excited for this as I am the last of us part two. Honestly, like it's like I knew, I knew you were gonna say that. It's it's legitimately like it, it's just more it's it's more content in that universe by the person who I trust to make it, and that's and that's Neil Druckmann. Um, HBO is the best platform for it. We we just we just know what they've done. Track record, Rashawn says they've got the track record. Super excited. And, that's gonna be. Oh, go ahead, Puff. I say that's gonna be a huge get for HBO too, especially because HBO Max is supposed to be launching next month, I believe. Very interested May? in that, yeah. So, I mean, if, you know, you want to hype up, you know, what kind of content you got on your streaming service. That's going to be huge once it eventually comes out. Yeah. This is big for me as well. You want to nail atmosphere and the genuine feel uh, of the game. You've got Gustavo. So he's coming to compose this thing. And I think that's super awesome. Uh, that is a big deal to me. Uh, me too. Forgot about in, that. 
games and movies, TV, it is always something that I gravitate towards. And I like, it tells a story. It gives you hints in the story. It totally sets the tone and atmosphere for it. And to have him uh, be on board with this project is just awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, without a doubt, my most listened to game soundtrack of the last 10 years. I mean, I, I pop on the last of a soundtrack all the time. So, so good. Except for animal crossing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it might get close, but I, I think uh, last of us still takes the cake. What's so crazy about all of this is Rashawn's actually already beaten The Last of Us 2 twice. Yeah. Of course he is. Wow. Yeah, how, how was yeah. that series? You see that already somehow? What, what, what's your secret here, my friend? John, I didn't want to tell you, man. I, I didn't want you to be jealous. <laughs> Joel's been dead the whole time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I think, uh, John, you nailed it. Perfect platform for it to go to HBO to do it episodic. Yeah. Uh, sign me up. That's a big get for HBO, I think. So um, I have a question. Are we thinking this is going to be a, a direct recreation of a retelling of The Last of Us Part 1 story? Or you think they're going to go something somewhere different where it's a, a side story and they tell us a different Last of Us story? Different. I think it'll be different. I don't. I think you're going to get a recreation of The Last of Us Part 1 story. Mm. I, I, I'm with Rashawn. I think they're going off in the universe, if you will. I don't think I don't think it's established enough in mainstream. I don't think HBO would have signed that contract. I mean, maybe maybe if they had some, a great idea. I, I don't think The Last of Us means to the world what it does to us. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna try to retell that story in a in a different platform and try to expand that brand. But just an opinion. Well, the Uncharted movie, if we ever get it, you know, maybe by the time PS7 comes out, is. Uh, supposed to be of a young Nathan Drake, right? Yeah. So, um, in that universe, but not a story that we've already seen. Yeah, so but it was, wonder... it, was, it was supposed to be pretty heavily tied to the to the Uncharted three stuff we saw with young with young Nate, though. Yeah. Okay. I still think I still think it's a little bit different. Um, I don't know what to expect with this. You do bring up a good point, John. That I don't. You know, maybe they wouldn't have signed that contract otherwise. Uh, to to get the you know the the main star of the game if you will but i don't know i still feel like they're they're going to go off and do something different i think it's just i think the answer that what gamers want is obviously going to be something different i think most gamers are going to say like hey we've played this we know this we love this don't don't tamper with it just give me something new we have the same creative directors behind it just give me more of that story but i think that i think the more mainstream and you know the money talks answer is that they're gonna they're gonna cast a joel and they're gonna cast an ellie and we're gonna get a a, a mini series based on the first game but who knows? So we really should come up with some ideas for casting for that for uh, a future episode. I already have it. Unless you've already thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There's Give only there's only one there's only one Ellie and it's Caitlin Dever. Caitlin Dever, if you if you're not familiar with her, she stars in Booksmart. She's absolutely incredible, and she's in a Netflix series called Unbelievable. It's a little dark. It's a it's a little bit of a tough tough watch. Deals with some tough stuff, but her character in that show is Ellie. Like her mannerisms, she looks just like Ellie. She sounds just like her. Like you gotta, you gotta get this out now because she's gonna age out of it soon. Because she's probably, I think she's in her early twenties. Caitlin Dever is Ellie, perfect. Um, I think you can go a couple of different ways with Joel. I would be on board with just letting Troy Baker do it. I feel like the man can pull off any look in the world. Obviously, he is he is Joel. Give him a shot. Let let him not even give him a shot. Joel, I mean, he's a, he's an incredible actor. Let Troy do it. But if you're gonna go cast somebody else, there's a lot of different options there that people have tossed around. But I want Troy. 
I don't think it'll ever happen, but someone said Hugh Jackman, and I was like, yeah, I would I would sign up for that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. And he played that, that character cool. already in, in Logan. That's basically yeah, I was going to say, in Logan, yeah, that's... Um, I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> butcher did. the name, but the uh, Jamie Lannister, was it uh, Nikolai Casterwaldo was his name? People have... Yeah. People have I don't know how to pronounce around. his last name. I think it's like Casterwaldo <laughs> or something like that. It's... Uh, so people have tossed around some other other roles he's played, not Jamie, where he's been a little more, uh, first of all, dark hair, a little more grizzled, stuff like that. And he, he could pull it off based on some of the stuff that I've seen. That'd be a pretty cool casting, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. And I, John, I'm pretty sure you tweeted about the LA stuff when the news broke of this. I So I tweeted about it before it even broke. When the first time I saw the Netflix show, Unbelievable, I, I put that out right away. I'm like, I've never, so I wasn't even thinking about a series at that time. I just said, I'm not on board with this, with this Last of Us movie, but if they're going to do it, you have to cast Caitlin Dever. And that was, uh, that I think that was like January of this year when I watched that. And I actually looked up that tweet to see if anybody else had tweeted about that beforehand. I'm like, did I start this? Because people are really like, it's out there now. People are, you, you can find some some pretty popular, you know, tweets wanting Caitlin Dever as uh, as Ellie. But again, it just makes sense. She's she's legitimately perfect for the role. Shifting gears here. We're going to talk. Uh, I'm actually going to start with you, Pavlok, on this one. Uh, but to give a little preface, uh, bullet point four here. For Nintendo Switch in 2020, we are rumored to be getting a lot of Mario games in the form of remakes, re-releases, remasters, if you will. Uh, all of this sounds super exciting. Jeff, do you want to take it away? Yes. Um, to preface, none of this is confirmed by Nintendo. They have not said a word about this. Um, the story originally broke with VideoGamesChronicle.com. It was then picked up by other outlets such as Eurogamer and Gamatsu. Um, they claim to corroborate it with their sources. We are apparently going to get a deluge of Mario games later this year. Uh, in September, it will be the series' 35th anniversary of the Super Mario series. Um, so the, the the rumor of this is that we're going to get a brand new Paper Mario game, which I would be over the moon about. I love the original Paper Mario RPGs, um, like the one from N64, Thousand Year Door. So I would love to get one of those for Switch. There's also talk that we're going to get remasters of most, if not all, of the 3D Mario. So that's going to include Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, maybe Mario Galaxy 2, and then some kind of like deluxe version of Mario 3D Land, which was on the Wii U. Whew. That could explain yeah, why right. they've been holding that uh, 3D Land port for so long. Because it seems like every every first party game for Nintendo that came out during the Wii U has been ported to Switch already. That that this rumor yeah. could really explain why that hasn't happened yet. And 3D World is one of the most yeah. underrated Mario games. Um, it was a super super fun co op experience, and it was really one of the, one of the games that most from the Wii U that most deserved a better audience. It absolutely deserves another chance after languishing on the Wii U like. Yeah. Just about all first party games. Not just a better audience, but a better console. That thing was not fun to play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we like to see a remaster of that because you really don't need to improve too much about it. I mean, the Switch and the Wii U are fairly comparable in terms of hardware, but those older games will get a touch up. I mean, to, for me to see Super Mario Galaxy in HD, it would just be one of the most glorious things ever. That would be That's so one cool. of my. You know, alongside like Resident Evil 4 and uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, that's one of my favorite games ever. And it's it's beautiful right now just playing it on the Wii, but to see it touched up and in HD graphics that would just be amazing. It wasn't even supported for widescreen, right? Did Wii support widescreen like HD at all? 
I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I, no. think, I think it was just four by three. So that'd be super cool. I, I love Mario Galaxy. That was one of the few games I did play other than Wii Sports on my Wii. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal game. Um, but this is very cool, and you know, John said this would maybe explain why they've stayed quiet on some things. It would for me, it definitely explains why they stayed quiet on Breath of the Wild too. Mm. And if this all turns out to be true, I feel like it pretty much confirms that Breath of the Wild two comes out next year because next year is Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary. Oh, okay. So oh, you could gotta. so you could do one of two things. Then you could either release this in February, which would be um, the series. 35th anniversary i want to say it's like february 26th or something like that it was when it originally released in japan or you could coincide it with the um switches and breath of the wilds for your anniversary on march 3rd cool so i think you see so if all of this turns out to be true with this mario um release schedule i think you see breath of the wild 2 come out in spring of next year to celebrate zelda's 35th anniversary <laughs> and then maybe maybe some remasters of um other Zelda games, or I should probably say re-releases because there's already been the HD versions of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. And, yeah. you know, hey, maybe maybe finally we get that elusive remaster of Skyward Sword. Oh, man. Be nuts. Now, Jeff, question for you. Do you think this Mario stuff, if it's true, do we get separate SKUs or is this a collection of these, uh, these re-release Mario games? No, separate SKUs. Yeah. I mean, as cool as it would be to see a Mario All-Stars of all the 3D games, they're just leaving money on the table by putting in one package. Yeah. Release them separately, and people are going to gobble them up. I was wondering the same thing going into it. That was the only thing. I'm like, is it collection? Is it is it separate? I, I think no. it would go separate. I, I think so, too. Unfortunately, I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, way too, much, <laughs> way too much money given up Yeah, if you do that. Yeah, I think it makes sense from a monetary standpoint to do that. I had heard a rumor both ways saying that some of them were going to come in a collection. But um, I think the only one you would see as a collection would be Mario 3D Land and Mario 3D World. 3D Land the was a 3- 3DS? Yes, that was a 3DS game. Was there any and specific then, dual screen stuff that's required? They can port that, you think? Oh, yeah, you could easily port that. I mean, it, it, it made, you know, it. The 3D effect was helpful in some levels just for the depth perception, but it was hardly necessary. You, yeah. you could play the game without the 3D the whole way, and it was just fine. This is a sidebar, but I want DS games ported to the Switch. Let's let me play it vertical. Just let me play vertical. Give me two. Give me two screens. Let me let me get some ah. DS games. Let me do it. Come <laughs> yeah. on. How how are you gonna how are you gonna control that though? With a separate controller, you pop off your Joy Cons, maybe sell some kind of super uh, DS stand for you know to you hold know, the switch I, I've up. I've got mine right now. It would work, man. I mean, you're, maybe you're not going to play handheld mode. It would be something where you have to have some kind of stand and you play with a controller. Yeah. But man, it would work perfectly. You just put that put that vertically and give me give me a couple of screens there. I'm in, baby. I mean, the D, the DS had an outstanding uh, sorry outstanding library. Both DSs. There's, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. All was some of Nintendo's best work. Real quick for me, um, when it comes to this Mario thing, I, pl- I mean, obviously I've played them all, you know, Paper Mario, uh, both galaxies. Um, <laughs> don't throw, don't get pitchforks and stuff ready for me. But if it is possible, hopefully this is my chance where I can finally play Mario Sunshine for the first time. From what I hear from my trusted sources, <laughs> no. my good friend Jimmy Stewart, not even worth it. Mario, no, yeah. no, p- no pitchforks necessary. Yeah, yeah my, my good <laughs> buddy Jimmy... Mario- Think says it's not even worth it. Don't even play Sunshine. It's definitely worth it. It's just that that's <laughs> don't let Jimmy don't let Jimmy watch this. It's his favorite game of all time. <laughs> so I mean, the thing with that and the unique thing with Sunshine is that that is the one Mario game 
um, based on everything that I've seen and read, and of course having Jimmy as a friend as well, is that that is the one Mario game that no other Mario game has really borrowed any, it, it is truly unique. It is truly unique. Obviously, no sequels, no remasters, no no even talks about one until until this story. Um, it is truly unique. So I wonder if now with the Switch, you know, we know the Switch is selling like hotcakes. We know this has been nothing but a, a money train for Nintendo. Is it? I wonder if it's time to bring back a legendary title like that and bring it to bring it to a new generation at this point. And you know, so, Sunshine is part of the rumor, right? For clarification. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Yeah. The, the so, rumor is pretty much all of the 3D Marios, which, and I'm just curious, Rayshon, what, what is your favorite 3D Mario? Uh, I would go with John. I say Galaxy. Galaxy, um, I'm so mad I don't, I don't have my Wii anymore to even think about. I can't even think about replaying it. Like, it's, it's, it's over for me. Like, I would say, I would say Galaxy is probably my favorite one. For, for, for clarification, I love Galaxy, but I'd still go Odyssey. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Oh, Odyssey, gotcha, okay. I think Josiah is with you on that. Yep. I love Odyssey so much. Odyssey, it's just, yes. it's so special. I don't know right. why. It just hit me right. I me, loved it. It's the same thing with right, me. So it's like, yeah. One side is uh, one side Odyssey, one yep. side Galaxy. We're split here. perfectly. <laughs> but I'll say this. Galaxy, of all the games that were rumored, is the one that I'd be most excited for. I'm excited for all of them, but that is the one that I'm like, yes, give me that today. Right. The only that. thing is that if we do get a Galaxy remaster, Josiah, I'm going to have to have Charles Martinet sign that copy now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to meet him again so he can sign that one. Well, damn it, Pavlok, we'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, yeah. So I, I hope, uh, I hope we hear about that in in the coming weeks and months. That would be super exciting, uh, especially for me. I missed out on most of those titles, uh, just not having a lot of the Nintendo systems throughout the years. So uh, that it's would a be lot exciting. To keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot to keep up with. <laughs> Uh, moving on to number five, we replaced what we originally had on, on the list here. Pavlok, uh, we got some news today about the remapping feature on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so with the latest firmware update, you can now remap the buttons on any first person, sorry, first party controller, Joy-Con or Pro Controller, however you want. Um, getting it, getting to it is very easy. You're just going to go down to System Settings on the main menu of the Switch. Uh, head all the way down to controllers and sensors, and then it is the second option down. We'll see if it really shows up well at all on my camera here, but it is very oh, yeah. elaborate. See I it? mean, it is, it's pretty much everything you could expect out of it. The only thing you cannot change is the home button menu. Sure. Uh, so even the photo capture, you can assign to any button you want. Yeah, my, my first reaction to this was awesome, but wow, not a very yeah. Nintendo move. Not a very Nintendo move thinking, at all. That's what I was. That's exactly what I was thinking. Not Nintendo yeah. at all. And then, like, oh. to <laughs> not not to trump that, but also in the same firmware update, you can finally uh, transfer games game saves from your um, internal memory to your SD card. You can probably you can finally switch where they're stored, which is a very basic feature. But like when it comes to Nintendo, I just think like, all right, they ship this thing. That's that's the way it's going to be. That, that's, that's their track record. Like they're not going back and changing anything. Like they're so stuck in their ways when it comes to decisions. Um, super super happy to see them do something like this i love I it i mean it. yeah honestly it's, it's fantastic it's such a minor such a minor fan. thing but it's like i can't believe they did this yeah. quality of life improvements man those are huge those they're, add up they're learning they're seeing these switch numbers they're like oh man the hardcore wants this machine let's do some stuff <laughs> public what were we playing on xbox was it soul caliber soul, soul caliber 6 <laughs> yep i, so, I kept 
<laughs> we're reviewing the game and uh, Pavla came over for a night so we could just knock it out. And, um, you know, obviously the uh, face letter buttons are rotated one position between an Xbox and a PlayStation, really, and yeah. in your Switch. And uh, Pavlok was just having the darndest time getting through any of the menus. I'm not even talking about in-game combat. The menus. And he kept going back. He's like, it, it's broken. It's broken. I'm like, Pavlok, you're, you're pressing me. The, the back button. <laughs> yeah, that is that is brutal. Shame on Xbox for going with the this exact same buttons, but just flipping them. That's no good. What are you doing there, Microsoft? Oh man! Yeah, it's funny because like that's that's what's integrated into my brain. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, Xbox buttons are, are are the thing for me, but they obviously took those from Nintendo. They Nintendo had those buttons first. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy going back and forth between Doom and Animal Crossing. Oh but, god! Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when I play <laughs> oh, my yeah. Switch, I mean, why am I not jumping? Every so I Animal drink. Crossing. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Uh, so I have A and B down, no problem. For whatever reason, I just know that Nintendo does A on the right, B on the bottom. I get that. Maybe it's from my days with the SNES and the NES, but X and Y just do not do not compute for me. If I'm playing a Switch game and either X or Y pops up on the screen, I need to hit the home button for a second and be like, all right, you got this. We can we, we can figure out which one is X and which one is Y. Take a quick peek. All right, sweet. I go back and I still mess it up. Dude, same. I have to look every single time, especially if like, it's late at night, lights are off, and I'm just yeah. playing on the handheld. I have to like really <laughs> bring it close to my face and be like, what's the button again? I'm done, man. I'm done. X and Y, just, it's no good. Just it's I, so you embarrassing. Said going, you said going from Doom Eternal to Animal Crossing. I mean, Animal Crossing is a fairly light game on input. I can't imagine going from like Street Fighter V to Super Smash Brothers. Oh, like, oh yeah. God. Like, you know, trying to play those two regularly. You'll mess your psyche up. Um, oh, man, no. It, <laughs> I just wouldn't be able to do it. So, like I said, this is fantastic if you're a fighting game enthusiast. Yeah, so I have a, my, my direct example is Fortnite. I was playing Fortnite for a while, and I'd play, play yeah, on my Switch. Shooters. Well, even so, even the same exact game on two different consoles. So I'd be playing on my Switch handheld, and I wouldn't dock my Switch to play on the big screen. I would just play on my Xbox because there's cross-progression, so I'm playing on the same account. Yeah. So I play on my Xbox. I literally had to just disregard the button prompts on, on, on Fortnite. Like most of the, the activities on Fortnite, I don't even know what button it is. I just have it memorized because I could not go back from Switch to Xbox. I was just getting so confused relying on those button prompts. Oh, we lost Josiah. Every it happens it happen every again. time. Every <laughs> two time. for two. <laughs> Josiah, I think we're three for three now. He just want. He just decides to leave. I think we did. <laughs> did he drop out that very first one? I think he that may have. Did? I think him and I did one specifically together. Okay. Yeah, I think Josiah and I. He's he's popping back in now. But yeah, I think we did one together, and he just left me solo for a second where I'm just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he just left you hanging. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah. There it is. He's back. Three for three. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like clockwork. <laughs> I was going to say, so we have to take over for him? No, no. We, oh. So I really, really wanted to get through this episode and say, hey, no one clapped me out of the episode today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're strong. Last episode we did, uh, one of the, our other guys, Austin, was clapping about something. He was like emphasizing. And literally, once he connected, Josiah just disappeared. <laughs> it was great. He just got Thanos clapped out of existence. I was going to say, he didn't get snapped. He got, he got yeah. clapped. I got clapped. It was good. Yeah. It's going to be a gift shortly. It, um, it's so stupid, but it's my favorite part of that episode. I just want, I'm going to make a <laughs> compilation of just the, the windows going from four to three, too. Just like, doof, 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 doof. it's great. <laughs> well, I am back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, is this a good time to move on to point we six? We actually wrapped. We, wrapped we, up. No, we did six, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, we're done, man. Sorry to break it to you. We, <laughs> All right. We wrapped it up. So. I'll see it. It's weird. It only felt like 10 seconds. You can just say it now. Yeah. <laughs>
Time is relative. <laughs> no, we didn't touch six yet. We we talked a little bit more about uh, you disappearing. All right, I figured. So moving on, uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two got a remake. Speaking of remakes, today on this episode, uh, all of a sudden it appeared on PS4. Yeah, you could play it, downloadable. Um, the rumor was there the day before that it was leaked, and the next day you saw it. And uh, Xbox One and PC owners have to wait till April 30th to get their hands on it. But kind of an interesting move here. 1999. That's that's all you got to do. You're just playing the campaign. There's no uh, multiplayer associated with it. Uh, especially, it, it's a little bit weird because it goes in contrast to what we saw with the uh, Modern Warfare Four re-release from a few years ago. Yeah. Not talking about last year's remake. And um, there's a lot of modern warfares out there. there but are. with this one specifically, any thoughts on this? I, I think it's it's kind of cool. I'm glad it's only $20. That's yeah, for um, sure. The, the only thing I have on it is we knew about this. Like this came out. Don't quote me on when, but you can find this. Like this leaked like right around. I think it was right around the time we got Call of Duty 4 remastered. Actually, COD 4 remastered Modern Warfare. Not 20. I think I remember what you're talking this, about. Like it this, was data mined. Yeah, this exact. Like we knew that, first of all, this was coming. And we knew that it was just going to be the campaign. And then it just went ghost quiet for, I mean, I think that rumor was in 2018. So it's been just super quiet, and we, we again we it was pretty it was pretty solid. We knew we were going to get it, and then it just fell off the face of the earth, and all of a sudden you can just download it on your PS4. Pretty weird. Weird how they brought it back and just were like, "Yep, it's here." Yeah, I, I wonder if something happened or if that was kind of their plan all along. Which is like, uh, we'll just throw it out there when it's done. It's funny because it, of course it's the internet, but I did see some people really upset that it was timed exclusive to PS4, and I was like, "My goodness, people." If you're gonna play it on PC or Xbox One, like it's not the biggest thing in the world to wait thirty. I was gonna days say it's not it. the biggest uh, bombshell like, yeah. like I, release. I, 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 I disagree with you guys. I, I hate those timed exclusive deals. Like I, they're so they're so anti consumer. I'm so glad that Microsoft specifically, Phil Spencer, is like outwardly against them now. Like what? Is, it's just it's just such a. It's just it's such a cheap business practice in my opinion. Like you're you're literally paying for millions of people to not be able to play it. You're nobody in this nobody on this planet bought a PS4 for, to play this game 30 days early. Nobody. So like what do you what are you guys doing? Like I don't know. I, I see that in the grand scheme of things, 30 days is not that long, but like it's just not a, it's not a great business move in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, no one ever bought a system for time exclusivity. Not for 30 days and not for a game that's, what, eight years old, nine years old? Like, come on. Right, right. You think it just comes off as petty? It does. It does. And again, if we if we kind of dive in further, I'm sure this is just rolled into the Activision and PlayStation contract. I'm sure like everything has to be exclusive. That was on the dotted line. Like we get all exclusivity for like additional content. And they probably just consider this additional content for some. It kind of just falls through a crack, I bet. But again, it's just like like you said, it's petty, it's pointless, and yeah. If I'm an Xbox gamer, like I'm not mad that I don't get it to play it 30 days, you know, sooner. I'm just mad that they made that deal. I'm like, why? Like, what are you, what are you gaining? You're getting nothing. You just spent millions on that contract, and nobody bought a PlayStation for it. I was gonna say, and if, if anything, you kind of wasted money. If, if <laughs> exactly, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me at all because of the amount of content and games that we have nowadays. Like, I think maybe even if you went back 10 years and there, there was a lot of content then, but then I might care about it more. Nowadays, I just 
I'm like, okay, have fun with it. I'll get it when I get to it. Yeah, it's not. A, I don't know. And, and again, that that that's a, a super fair viewpoint, and, that, and I share that viewpoint in terms of like, oh, I can't play this right now. It's more. It, it speaks more to the the company that made the decision for me, and where I'd put my faith in. You know, want, where I want to play games. And are you saying more a derogatory standpoint for Sony or Activision? Both, straight up, both. Yeah, no, no difference. Gotcha. Um, either way, I, I'm excited that they did remake that. Yeah. I, that's something I will want to go ahead and, and play again at some point here. Um, it's funny to say that it, it's only twenty dollars, but I'll still probably wait for it to go on sale at some point. Because you know, that'll be exactly that'll be a five ten dollar. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe it's Black Friday, it's, maybe it's, it's before probably, then. It's probably going to be a summer sale. I bet. Honestly, wouldn't, like, wouldn't be surprised if it's a PS Plus game <laughs> eventually. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, because Modern Warfare Remastered, I'm pretty sure was. Like the yeah, I think you're right. COD Four remastered. Yeah, kind of interesting. Again, how it was released. Um, number seven. Uh, so a little bit old news by now, but I still wanted to bring it up because I'm just so stoked on it. Uh, but Ghost of Tsushima is getting. Uh, it's got a release date. It is June 26th. As of now, don't hold your breath. We'll see what happens. But right now, uh, June 26th um, is when that is coming out. Uh, John, we. It, podcasted the day the the news of the last of us two delay hit and you were saying you you don't think that that release uh the delay for last of us will necessarily affect the release date for ghost yeah i I don't think that sony has the same uh and maybe it's not sony yet maybe it's the way naughty dog does business i don't think there's uh much parity there i think that I think that Sucker Punch would be okay with just letting this game ship out how it ships out. I think that Naughty Dog has, uh, they put themselves in this different pedestal. We talked about it on that episode where they want that big blockbuster. They want that one day everybody's playing it. They want to control their media, everything like that. For whatever reason, I don't think that either Sony will see Ghost of Tsushima as that kind of game or Sucker Punch will care enough to to push the game back. Uh, Rashad, are you stoked on this game? Um. I wouldn't say I'm stoked for it, but I, it is a game I'm looking forward to. Um, it is a it is a game I think, you know, at release. <laughs> considering that nothing else really be out around that time, I think I will. Uh, it will earn my money in that regard. But it, also, just combat wise and and um, everything about it looks looks solid. Um, obviously, we'll see gameplay and everything like that as we as we play for ourselves. But the thing that's gotten me the I guess the most excited about the game we talk about with Last of Us how cinematic that story is um and just narratively how it flows also when you look at just different shots in the game like the game is just beautiful this game has that type of caliber behind it to where you look at the shots in some of these demos and it looks like you're watching an old like you know japanese war movie you know it it looks like that kind of quality of a game so that's the thing for me that i'm going to be looking forward to the most uh besides obviously you know gameplay and whatnot it looks like a more cinematic version of sekiro uh for those who haven't or have played that um game of the year i think it was voted for a couple outlets of 2019 so it looks more a more cinematic version of that to me so it does look interesting i am bracing myself for it to get delayed i don't if i had to put money on it i think it stays but I've pretty much settled on the fact that there is a possibility that Final Fantasy VII could be the last major uh, AAA game for a while. I braced myself for that as that was downloading. So, um, but if I had to put my money on it, I think I think Ghost of Tsushima stays. Stays. I just wouldn't be surprised if it did. Uh, Pavlok, are you getting the sense that this uh, the gameplay here is is going to be in line with what we see a little bit? 
in like a Soulsborne game or a Sekiro, for example? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit uh, more forgiving from what we've seen? I don't know if I can speak to that. Um, what I am a little bit more sure about based on what we've seen out of these trailers is that, you know, where like a Soulsborne game, especially Sekiro, is heavy in the fantasy elements, fighting, you know, supernatural enemies fighting monsters this seems to be much more grounded in reality um yes. it's it's yeah. based on the first mongol invasion of japan uh so it's it's more of a you know historical fiction as opposed to like high fantasy or whatnot um so it seems like your enemies will primarily be other humans um but you know we've seen in assassin's creed games for example where you can still get great enemy variety out of that um i, I Rashawn maybe can agree with me on this. I'm a huge Rurouni Kenshin fan of that anime, so I hope this, I hope this game maybe takes some cues from that. Um, right, but a few right. but a, a few weeks ago when they released that new trailer for it, that very cinematic trailer, I tweeted out that video games are art with that trailer because this game just looks magnificent. Dude, the, dude, the scene when um, it, it's an older clip, but they still show it to this day where um. I don't know the main character's name, but him and then the uh, the one female character, they're fighting in that, like, and I don't even know how to describe it, just that that scenery, that entire scene. Um, and if you've watched the demo, you know exactly what I'm talking yep. about. Just the leaves, the the way the wind's blowing, the, the sound effects, every, the music, everything. It's, it's like that. A shot like that is something that we only get from Last of Us Uncharted level level games nowadays i mean i know a lot of games are catching up graphically to that but just the way everything seems to be shot and the way everything seems to be choreographed from the from the fighting standpoint seems to be really spot on yeah the game is visually stunning it's just that's the only way to put it rashawn when you mentioned that sequence there the first thing i thought of was the kind of that orangish hue on the leaves and yes um, yes I thought it just, man, if if that game is is anywhere near, if it's half as pretty as what they showed in demos, I'd still be impressed with it. Yeah, with demos, again, we have to keep in mind that, you know, take some of it with a grain of salt. But even like your like your point, though, if it's anything, <laughs> yeah. like if it's anything like that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm not sure if that's a day one for me or not. I may want to hear about some re- or read some reviews on it first, but I, I am really excited about it still. Yeah, that's one where dependent on how long this crisis goes for could yeah. determine if it's a day one. If we're back to normalcy, I might wait like a week or a month or something like that. Maybe look at it. But if we're still quarantined, uh, it might just get purchased on that. It might it might get the Animal Crossing benefit, even though people were going to buy Animal Crossing anyway. Don't don't shoot me. But yeah, you, <laughs> you probably weren't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. For sure. <laughs> Um, point number eight here on, on the news, uh, Gamescom is is going to go digital or, or release it. They're going to do their presentation in some way, shape, or form from a digital format. We are not getting the, the same thing from E3, which I kind of assumed we would uh, when it was announced that E3 would be put on hold as a result of everything that's going on with the worldwide quarantine. Uh, that being said, I feel like uh, the gaming industry was already shifting this way as we've seen nintendo directs for a while uh playstation has has been doing this for a few years now in some way shape or form um and i know microsoft's going to be doing the same more frequently with xbox in terms of their digital presentation in almost nintendo direct like format um so that being said i don't know if there's a lot that you guys have to to add to this point or not but are you a little bit surprised that we didn't get anything in the in the way of this for e3 from a digital presentation uh john 
why don't we start with you? I, I am, but I'm not. It, it's tough because we we often confuse the the press conferences before E3 with E3 itself. E3 is a trade show. E3 is a hands-on press event trade show. Not not until the last couple of years has it been a consumer event. I know it was in the past as well, but it, it, it's it's been more of a consumer event. Or I'm sorry, of a, an industry event for for journalists to come in and get their hands on games and, and to get some behind closed doors demos, stuff like that. The the press conferences that we see before E3 are kind of just timed around E3 just for the buzz. So I am surprised in that sense that that a, especially a Microsoft isn't going to time one of their inside Xbox presentations around that. Um, I would have thought we would have just gotten them around that just to keep the buzz. But at the same time, you mentioned that we've kind of been drifting away from this. I think this is the nail in the coffin, the excuse to depart from that. I wrote an article yep. about it on the Geekiverse called uh, I'll Miss You E3, basically just displaying why like I love E3. I used to take off work every day or every year to, to see all the press conferences, but I understand from the company's perspective, there's not much benefit there. Why, why would you share the limelight? Why would you share a day and all these headlines with these other companies that you're you know essentially competing with when you could just control your message and put those out whenever you want? Um, obviously, Nintendo's found a balance where they can still participate and put their stuff out throughout the year, but I think we're going to see... The I don't think we're going to see these these companies come together and make these monster announcements at the same time anymore. Whether or not that affects E three at all, the trade show, who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I think things are changing. And John, you're being very humble. You uh, you wrote that article last year. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. You didn't write this, you know, right around the time that E three was canceled this year. You you foresaw that right after E three 2019. Yeah, I, th- I think the writing was on the wall from then, and I think yeah. that the this COVID crisis situation is not has not helped for sure. And I mean, he might have written that before, actually. When I think when Sony announced they weren't going to E three, so we may be going a ways back when John actually wrote that article. Somebody check the date. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I, I think Sony had already dropped out last year. I think I I do mention that in the article. I think that I talked about how Sony's gone. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But oh. you wrote it before E3 2019, so we're we're going back quite a ways now. Gotcha. Um, and what I'm from a nostalgic standpoint, I am a little upset with it. Sure. I, you know, E3 is just it's a holiday. the The whole week, the presentations right beforehand. I love every bit of it. It's so special to me. Maybe we'll get something like it in the future, but uh, hopefully this is not yeah for uh, for, nail. for me. I saw that light once the the company started leaving that Monday time slot. Once they tra- started to, to separate a little bit, we saw Microsoft go to Sunday. We saw Bethesda slide in there on a Sunday. EA went to Saturday. W- once I saw them getting that taste for their own their own headlines, I'm like, okay, this is done. That Super Monday before E3 where you had Microsoft, uh, Square, Ubisoft, yep. Uh, yep. EA, and Sony all on the same day. Like You had like an hour to breathe in between those. And if you were covering the show like we did, an hour to scramble through your articles and you know watch all those awesome trailers, that was when it was a holiday. When that Monday was just packed from 12 p.m. Eastern until 11 o'clock when Sony wrapped up, that, that, was when, that was when times were good. But they started splicing it up and grabbing different days. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is almost over. Well, the thing is, oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, 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 mine's not important. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, well, your opinions are important, Jeff. But what I will say is, um, the main, the the thing to keep in mind is that the writing um, um, on the wall has been there for for a long time with E3. I think, Um, it, it, and and I think I agree with you. You know, it does sting a little bit. Um, I think if we're looking at it from like if we're trying to take some some good out of the bad here, I think a nice thing that I'll welcome is 
and I guess you can argue that companies already got this time anyway, but I think companies, if they do have a, a slate of games, like whether it's a Square who has uh, Kingdom Hearts games, Final Fantasy games, other other IPs, right? If you're, if you're a Bethesda and you have all this other stuff going on, at least it gives you more of a time to just have your spotlight on your own digital show and you don't have to share it with anyone else. So as viewers and as you know, journalists, whatever the case may be, you can go into it picking and choosing what you want to watch. So, okay, let me go to, let me see what Capcom's got going on. Let me see what Bethesda's got going on. Let me see what Square's got going on. Instead of being, having to watch a full two and a half hour press conference, even though, again, for me, I think as the hardcore gamer, we never, that's not a complaint that ever came up in our heads. That was part of the holiday of E3. That was the gamer's holiday. That was the gamer's Super Bowl, if you will. Um, and now that's kind of been taken from us because of COVID-19. But the thing I will go back to uh, one last time is that it was kind of, it was getting there anyway. And like John said, this is kind of just going to be the excuse to just wrap it up and, and put it yeah. to sleep. Yeah. And again, I, I think E3 will come back. I think you'll see an E3 2021 or whatever, whenever they'll make their comeback. E3 will live on, but it will not be that, the holiday we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Agreed with all of that. I checked the date, John. You wrote that on May third of last year. Okay, yeah. So a full month before, before. E three even happened. Nice. My bad, guys. Uh, but- <laughs> Killed E three. Papa Yaga. We should sell a shirt. Uh, John Fit killed E three. <laughs> Murder. Uh, number nine. Uh, Google Stadia. You guys remember this? No. Yeah. Barely. I'm a, still around. Hey man, I'm a Stadia yeah. stan, sort of. So it uh the subscription is now free. You no longer have to pay, uh, <laughs> except for paying for the games to to play on a month to month, as long as you have a Gmail account, which well, is of course. Yeah. So some clarification there. So you so Stadia Pro is so Stadia has always been free. You can always participate in Stadia. You just have to buy the games. Stadia Pro is free for two months, which means you do get like a catalog of some games available right away. You get to play Destiny 2. I think like Dirt is a racing game, right? That sounds like a real game. Um, it is. It's a very short list. <laughs> yeah, it's very wow. short. I, I've done it. I've installed it. And it's also not free because you do have to sign up for a Gmail account. So you're, you're selling your soul, man. You're getting rid of a lot of your personal data. Not that we haven't already. I just figured it's worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of interesting. Anytime I see Stadia stuff pop up, yeah. I was kind of excited for it, um, you know, in the fall. And um, I don't know, I, not I, where I, I hope. I, I don't, go. I don't, I don't think. I think it's kind of. I think it's one of those situations where I would, for a company like Google, is it ever too late? No, like, they have so many resources, mm-hmm. they have so many assets. They could, they could make a make a turnaround with this. And you know, if we're being nice in the gaming industry, this is their first real go at it. But in a situation like this where you got I feel like nowadays you really got to start off strong with whatever service you're coming out with, whatever platform you're going to release, you got to start strong. And I think it'll if Stadia ever does pick up, it'll take a while. The only thing that I'm nervous about for them um, is xCloud is a monster. You should be Um, nervous. Yeah, they should be nervous. Yeah. 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 But by the time Google figures it out, it might be too late. Yeah, I think they're I think Stadia is 
biggest problem was not putting an early access or beta tag on the service. Launching this service the way it was with very, very little support, half the features they promised, you can't play with the, the Stadia Pro controller unless it's wired, you, you can only play on a Chromecast on your TV, no iPhone support, no, you, you have an Android phone, cool, you have to have a Pixel, only the newest Pixel, like all that stuff. Like To launch it in this state and not call it early access, I think was its biggest fault. I think if Stadia had been out since the fall in early access, we'd all have different opinions we'd all be like all right we'll see what sadia can do the tech is out there i've played it it runs fine it runs well i was playing destiny 2 i think for a shooter the latency is just bearable enough um this is the same for xcloud i've compared it to the latency you would have if you're playing on a big screen tv and you don't have game mode turned on so if you if you're playing on a nice big screen TV, you're getting a couple of milliseconds of lag unless you have game mode turned on. If your TV supports that, um, a lot of people are playing like that and don't even realize it, and, and then they'll play with low latency and they'll blow their mind. That's that's really all Stadia Nextcloud is. It's just a couple of milliseconds, if that, and it's very very playable. I play Halo 2 remastered through Master Chief Collection on uh, Xcloud the beta all the time. So the tech is there. It's promising. I, I don't think Google's out of it yet. I think we're I think they're lucky enough to be on the cusp of a next gen, which means there's gonna be a lot of new games coming. If they can secure some titles, maybe some exclusive not exclusivity deals, some deals where games will be included in Stadia Pro. Whereas like, all right, cool, you wanna play the next Assassin's Creed game or whatever this new IP is, you have to buy an Xbox Series X and pay sixty bucks for the game. Or over here on Stadia, you can play it without a console and just pay for Stadia Pro for a month. Like if they can secure some of those deals, I think that we can see, like, I, I don't think it's dead yet. No, I'm definitely not willing to write them off, especially like you said, as we're getting into a new generation yeah. uh, when it comes to PlayStation and Xbox, it's maybe not a bad time uh, for them to, to get things going. Yeah, I, And they've definitely got the capital to do it. Capital for sure. I just think the tech is so promising. I love the idea of just being able to play games anywhere. I've always been obsessed with that. It's why the Switch is my favorite console of all time to be able to be so versatile. Um, just, I mean, xCloud has been super, super cool to be able to just play the Master Chief Collection on my iPad. I don't know. I'm, I'm always down for, for new ways to let me play games when I couldn't before. So I'm really interested in the streaming streaming future. I don't think it'll ever replace sure. consoles, but... Here's a question. Do we think that, or in terms of Sony and Google, who gets it together first, PS Now or Stadia? Ooh, that's a fun question. Uh, I, would, I was thinking about that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, would, I would still bet Sony. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do make a, a, a relatively major push with PS Now, maybe even rebrand it for for playstation 5. i think i think i think rebranding would really help ps now to be for honest. sure because because ps now has quietly gotten a lot better like ps now is pretty good all of the playstation yep. 4 games that they offer can be downloaded you, you can download those locally it's just like a different subscription um ps3 and ps2 games still can't be they have to be streamed but i mean it's it, it's a it, it's a comparable service to what you're getting from xcloud and stadia like latency and, and everything like that um they have the catalog of games to to make a difference, uh, you know, in terms of standing out. So, keyword though, quietly, yeah, a rebrand would help that for sure. Um, and then last bullet point on the list here, and I think this kind of went under the radar, but Epic Games—they're uh, going to be publishing games for some pretty notable developers here. So, Design, who did The Last Guardian, Play Dead, uh, who did games Inside and Limbo. Mm-hmm. I adored both of those games; just Same wonderful. Z's. Um, and then really big Remedy Entertainment, who just did Control, uh, which is still going strong with its first batch of DLC. 
I'm super stoked on this. Uh, in particular, you know, these are some of some of my favorite games with what Play Dead and Remedy has done, and with Remedy um, owning the rights now to Alan Wake, I wonder if that is something that we see in some sort of remaster or maybe some sort of sequel, spinoff, you name it. Because they've got the rights to it, that's pretty big. Uh, and from everything we're hearing, Epic Games as a publisher uh, is going to have a, a pretty pretty fair deal when it comes to releasing these games with developers. So this is good news. It's good to see Epic teaming up with Playdead, with Remedy, with Design. Um, I actually did not play uh, Last Guardian. However, uh, like I said, every other game on that was super exciting. So all all those uh, developers have some nice pedigrees. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on on this here before we wrap things up? I do. The, my, my biggest takeaway from this is that Epic Games continues to be the good guy in the gaming industry. Uh, they, they they put out Fortnite. They accidentally made this incredible, ridiculously <laughs> popular game. It was like this spinoff clone of PUBG for their their game that had nothing to do with this, and it just took off. Accidentally is the key word. They really there. they fell yeah. into this. It's insane. <laughs> and then they just poured all the resources into it, and they're taking that money that they've built this like incredible company, and they're putting it back into the, the the gaming industry. I mean, I know there's a lot of controversy over the Epic Game Store. Why give us another store? We don't want more options. Put everything on Steam, but the benefits for the developers, the, the the split that they're giving developers when it comes to sales is insane. Um, the way they just literally just took all of their assets uh, from all of the games they already own, stuff like, uh, what was that game that they canceled because of Fortnite? There was uh, like an MMORPG, I forgot what it was, but they, they, they canceled the game and they're just like, hey, here's all the assets. It's now just included in the Unreal Engine. Everything we made for this game, use it. Put it in your game. We, we've done the work. Um, and, and stuff like that. I know we, we've heard about them getting into publishing in the past. Um, it's cool to see the fruits of that labor. They're, they're in here now. They're supporting some of these, I would say, you know, we, in the past we would have called some of these guys AA developers, uh, studios. Just giving them a platform to be able to put these games out without, without having to sign over like big, big money to, to some of the big publishing teams. Epic Games just continuing to kill it. Again, always controversy. People love to hate Fortnite because it's big, but they're they're doing good stuff. I think Paragon is the game you there were is. Paragon, referring to before. Absolutely, it got canceled. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was like still in early access, but they were. It was relatively successful, but it was like, all right, Fortnite is just going next level. We have to dedicate all the resources to Fortnite. So they just they canned it, and again, they just opened up all of those all of those resources that they developed for that game. They just threw it in the Unreal Engine, which is free. Fortnite has had cultural influence. I mean, that legit has. You you can't not put your resources. That is the understatement of the year. Like that, Fortnite has has had the most cultural influence in the last twenty years of games. I mean, I I think it's on par with something like Mario. Legitimately, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's definitely called significant. I I I would say I would say your three of the biggest tent poles you I, I would pull are Mario, Call of Duty, and Fortnite. Those are like my three transcendent well, wait. pop culture. I mean, those okay, are the but you said to. the last you said the last twenty years. I mean, sure. if you're talking sure. all time, I, I I still think you got to give it to like Wii Sports, Minecraft, <sighs> Call of Duty. Minecraft is there too. I mentioned Call of Duty, but like it's it's in that conversation with everything you just mentioned. I'm it's, sorry, this is a completely petty argument. I don't know why I started this. <laughs> it, it, it's it's insane. It, it's it's really insane. It, it, but it, it, yeah, but we agree it's culturally significant. <laughs> Very much so. That was the most pointless pointless debate I've ever been a part of. <laughs> it was just some clarification. 
That's what we do here. We have to extrapolate. We're not going to get through. <laughs> the, say, somebody, we're not going to get through. Yeah, ten bullet points of, of old news without without extrapolating a little bit. I mean, somebody had a point about Minecraft, but yeah, it is a point. It's a great. Point. <laughs> yeah. So I almost went away again. I, well, you froze um, for a second. Worried. I noticed. Yeah. I thought I part of me thought like there's no way you're sitting that absolutely <laughs> <laughs> like Drax and Guardians two. <laughs> oh my gosh! I should work that, on that. Was that Infinity yeah, War? It might have been Infinity War. Yeah, it was Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Drax. <laughs> How can you? Do that? Oh, I love it. Love me some Guardians. All right. Well, that was quite the meaty episode of Geek Scott Game. We got through a oh. lot of really good stuff there from uh, the last month's worth of news. Yeah. Um, as John said, it's kind of you know some of it's old news. Being a monthly show, that's what we got to work with here. We uh, had some nice debates. We had some nice discussion. We'll wrap things up here. We'll talk about uh, where we can find everybody on social media and what's going on uh, at the Geekiverse. So, John, we'll start with you. Where can we find you and what can you promote? Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm at Disruptoid on basically all socials. Um, we're, we're doing this Geek Scott game stuff a little more frequently now. We have a lot of spinoffs. We're, we're doing these little reaction videos. That's been a lot of fun. Um, it's it, it's weird to say that the, this quarantine situation has kind of been a benefit to what we've been able to do video wise because we're all we're all home. We we kind of have no excuse to not get together. So we've been we've been pumping these out a little more. So that's been fun. Um, plus, cast you and I are going to be pumping out another episode of that pretty soon. So that's what we've been up to. Yeah, let's. Um Lots, uh, lots of positives. Even though we are under a crazy time and in, in, you know, in this quarantine, um, at least from the the Geekiverse standpoint, we've kind of figured out some stuff uh, logistically, and it's been good from that standpoint. If we can look at the glass half full, uh, Jeff, Mister Author himself, that what, was uh, what's I- going on. That was why I stepped away for a second just now. Um, you can find so. me on you can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pobs and on Instagram Jeff Pavlock. Uh, the last book in my high fantasy trilogy, The Legend of Light, just released. Um, and I got to thank once again the Geekiverse for being my awesome publishing partner with this. Wouldn't have been able to do it without him. Well, you can find that. You're welcome. <laughs> especially John. Especially John. Especially John, the E3 killer himself. It's backwards. But I'm sorry, can... it's backwards for you guys. Just, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at your phone in the mirror. You um you can find my books on Amazon. Uh, just search my name or search Legend of Light. You can get them on all Kindle devices or in print if you prefer a physical copy. Legend of Light. Ooh. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I, exciting. I well, I hope so. <laughs> thank you for being the brains behind everything. Um, Rashawn, where, uh, where can people find you on social media if you want to be found? And um. <laughs> you're, um, Jeff and, and John had told me that you, you stream from time to time. That uh, I would like to get back into it, uh, but it is not worth promoting that only because I gotta. I actually have to do that consistently. So once <laughs> I start doing it consistently, we 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 will promote that. But for now, uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Young King Double Underscore Zero. You can find all some some gaming hot takes and some other things as well. But some real real hot takes. <laughs> well, we'll get to these on the show maybe one day. <laughs> there, there's gotta, there's gotta be a John versus Rashawn hot take show. It's uh, that'll be. Oh, dude, dude, yes. I think yes, my hard drive is only 500 gigs though, so I don't think we'll be able to store that. Well, we kind of had a Jeff versus John hot take thing there for a second. I, so I hear because I missed most of it. But you but, see how uh, that lasted only 10 seconds, and there was some rationale. <laughs> Ours won't. No, R- Rashawn and I. 
Now, me and John, like for any sports fans watching this, we could be like, you know, Skip and Shannon or oh. Stephen A and Max Kellerman type type thing here. So we, we used to work together. We used to work together, and the break room got heated in a good way, the best way. It's all love, though. Oh, yeah, it's, it's all love. Very good stuff. Yeah, Jeff and I had pondered the uh, the idea years back of starting a kind of a a PTI type show, pardon the interruption because yeah. we had, we just Not figured it would be good for so many different pop culture things to debate. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll bring that back at some point. Uh, on social media, I am at Josiah D. Leroy. Uh, you'll find me talking all things gaming all the time and a little bit star Wars here and there. Uh, maybe a little more than a little bit, but um, we've, as John mentioned, we've got a lot of content going on at the Geekiverse right now. We recently did a few um, pretty fun articles on gaming. Uh, one was our favorite local beers to drink while playing a video game. So we highlighted some of our favorite Buffalo based uh, breweries. And uh, we did another fun article recently on games. We want to see come to the Nintendo switch, uh, specifically third party titles. So uh, you can check those both right now at the geekiverse.com. John, what are you drinking? I can't tell. This is double brunch. This is a, uh, a sour ale from a belt line. Very good. You had you had me at sour. Yeah, I would have laughed so hard if you gestured with the switch when answering that, <laughs> <laughs> just by mistake. Jeff, it's it's only seven percent, man. It's not <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, so we are having a little bit uh, of a giveaway. Uh, first of all, if you are playing Animal Crossing, uh, this hoodie right here, the Geekiverse hoodie, you can download as a design in game. Uh, go ahead and check out facebook.com slash the Geekiverse or visit us on Instagram or Twitter. You can get the code for that. Uh, we're going to pick at random uh, one person for a shirt giveaway as well as one for their friend. Um, our full merch store is available at the geekiverse.storeenv.com. Also, for the month of April, we are featuring a sale on our shirt of the month, which is our God of the War themed shirt. God of the Boy. War. God of the War. <laughs> Uh, the God of the War, more specifically. So you can check that out in blue or black. That is only nine ninety nine right now. Uh, you've got a few more weeks to get your hands on that. We'd appreciate it. For John, for Jeff, and for Rashawn, thank you so much for joining us, Rashawn, by the way. Oh, we thank you for it. having me. Thank you for having me. I'll be back. We if, look you'll have, to if, it. if you'll have me. If you'll. You've got a spot, my friend. We, we really appreciate it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this one does. We'll reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> It just instantly skyrockets to our top of the view chart. Love I'm it. in. Rashawn, signing you an exclusive contract. Contract. <laughs> uh, timed exclusive. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, the show. For the fellas, I'm Josiah. We'll see you guys soon.